Hello there and you're very welcome along to Barry Abbreviated, a podcast talking all things news, random topics and movies. I hope you're all keeping well. Um, so yeah, how are we all keeping? Um, it's been a few weeks, but um, here I am, here you are, so um, yeah, let's not waste any time, just get on to it. So um, episode 25, jeez, that's, that's, actually quite, that's actually quite a lot of episodes, think about it. Um, fair play if anyone's actually listened to all of them. Um, so, um, how are we going to kick this episode off? Um, we're going to start with a bit of local news. So, um, when I was home there during the weekend, I was just reading the local newspaper and, um, there was this wee story that did catch my eye and it's about a group of youths that are terrorising the visitors to Ballymacool Park in Letterkenny. And, um, if you don't know where that is, it's, um, the park that's kind of close to the Aura Centre side of the town. Uh, it's, like, across from the, uh, St. Eunice Pitch. Um, so the report is basically saying that a group of between 30 to 40 um, like youths are gathering in the park and like partaking in unsocial behaviour or like generally intimidating people. It's like you kind of know yourself, just like a group of kids uh, <laughs> hanging around. And um, I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen New Girl, if you have fair play to you, if you've great taste. Um, but there's a part in this series where Schmidt, um, he's parked his car in this dodgy neighbourhood and then when he comes outside, like, all his wheels are stolen off his jeep and he just comes out and says, like, youth. And I feel this is how a lot of people in Letterkenny are feeling right now. Um, and actually, funny enough, um, a few weeks back, uh, myself and a few lads here in the house, um, we were at this park and there was, same, as, same as, like, the report in the story, um, there was a group of kids and they actually just started shouting at us as we were walking past. Um, now, we didn't react or say anything because, like, there's no one in that argument. You know, it's a group of kids. And then if you do say anything to him, you're just like an adult just shouting at a group of kids. So you, you lose that battle both ways. Um, so um, to try and um, stop this here, um, the people have requested to, like, get a warden or, like, someone to, like, monitor the park to try and stop it from happening in the future. And um, if that does come to pass, I would just like to wish the person that does that all the best luck. To just have to deal with a group of kids who will literally want to do anything except what they're told. Um, best of luck. I can imagine they will have an absolute ball with them. <laughs> with someone just trying to tell them to break up or whatever. But um, yeah, that's kind of... I don't know if it's not really a good news story, but I thought it was kind of funny that that is news in this day and age. But anyway, moving on to a bigger stuff. Uh, the, European, the European Super League is something that blew up and went down like a lead balloon this week. So um, before I actually get into this, uh, my football knowledge would be not quite what it used to be. So um, I did a little bit of research into it, so hopefully I've got a bit of a scope on the whole thing, but please don't go send me messages if I have some of this wrong. So uh, what the European Super League was supposed to be, it's kind of the competitor to like the traditional Champions League that we have every year. But um, it's, it also is separate to UEFA, who organise all there, so it was a separate organisation trying to set this up. So um, before all this went down, um, some of the big clubs in Europe signed up to this. Like there was huge money to be gained from entering it. So obviously there's that motive. And um, the, the Sky, they, they reported on there was like some of like six billion put into this. So of course the owners, they wanted in on this. Uh, you know yourself, the yacht doesn't run all by itself. And um, kind of then to like as a motive more like you could say like kind of coronavirus like with ticket sales and stuff just not being possible. They were a bit out of pocket so this kind of the proposition of a Super League it kind of fell into their lap and they just kind of went with it. So fortunately um, 
it did not go well. It did not go down well anywhere really. Um, there was a massive uproar on the online, like like Twitter, is absolutely everywhere. Like you could not escape from it. Like football pundits, everything like you'd Gary Neville and like Roy Keane and everything like shouting out about it. But um, fortunately, the whole thing did not go ahead. Uh, it kind of all spawned from a bad place. Like it really was more about just making money. And that kind of came across in like this, a lot of people like made posters and stuff like the day football died. I actually did see a funny one from Man City. It was like from like 2008 from um, like to this year. But obviously Man City have existed longer than that. But um, uh, they've only come along leaps and bounds in recent years. So I'm get, you kind of know what I'm on about if you do, if you, if you do watch sport. But um, yeah, the whole thing is profit driven. And luckily so, it does not look like it will be happening anytime soon. Now, kind of like with that said, I like I said, I don't know much about sport, but I kind of don't know what it means if someone did want to create a new tournament in football. Like, uh, I'm guessing what they've learned is don't do what they did. But yeah, I know I don't sure now if anyone did want to create a new, a new sport, a new tournament, how that would go about because clearly people are not that up to the that. So yeah, um, that's kind of just the two main news stories I have for you today. So, um, on to what this episode will be about. Uh, I'm going to start with um, Love and Monsters on Netflix. It's uh, doing very popular at the moment. I think that's kind of going by probably because like, Dylan O'Brien's in it. He's in like the... I think it pointed out to me that he does the voice of Bumblebee. Did not know that, but... Talented man. Did, couldn't see him in the character at all. But um, yeah, in the... In the... the Scorched... The, the Maze Runner. Maze Runner. That, that's the one he's in. Hey, quite good not there. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm just going to tell you the plot before I get into it, cause um, so you can follow along with it. So uh, what happens is it um takes place on Earth, but what happened here is a comet was going to land on the Earth. So ever the scientists and stuff all come together, send up a rocket to explode the comet so it doesn't destroy the world. But like kind of all the like stuff that was inside the rocket when it then falls into the atmosphere. It infects like kind of all the insects and kind of mutates them and turns them into like these big monsters. Now not all of them are bad, but mostly worse for worse, worst case scenario, it starts killing everyone and basically the whole human race has to kind of live underground in, in bunkers and kind of trying to weather out the storm really. But I think like ninety five percent of the world is dead. But yeah, it's it's not a good time. So kind of from there, we follow our main character Joel, who. Um, he was very much in love with his girlfriend when this all went down and then like he's kind of left by himself and he's in this group and he's basically trying to find her and he spends years and years working on a radio trying to find her. Basically he does get her and realises she's only like 80, 85 miles away. So he has to go, he wants to go out and trek into this land where he basically there's death at every turn and he does go for it. In the end he does get to the girl and um, she turns out that um, she had a relationship with another guy and she's not all too fond of him after the years and years of separation but unfortunately Joel that never crossed his mind that she might have might have moved on and then he kind of goes like right okay right well there's nothing here for me at your camp and then goes to maybe go back to his own crew and I kind of just look up from there so that is a very much abbreviated version of it so yeah uh, let's get on to my thoughts um I gotta be honest with you here folks you probably heard from the way I described the um plot it I did not think this was great I thought the whole kind of story was pretty poor. Um, I just see. I do, I do. I think I do like Dylan O'Brien. I think. I think. I think. I like. I think. I think. I do like him as an actor, but just his whole character. Like he was the biggest simp 
I have ever seen. I think it just made him so unlikable and so intolerable. And just kind of the way he spoke to like people and just kind of the way he reacted on. Like we get it that he wants to prove himself, but he's just so unaware of like how he is incapable. And I don't think he really ever gets over that. It's nearly just kind of by chance it happens. Like there's no real progression of character. And um, even when he's going around to like get to get to the camp like he is carrying the smallest crossbow i have ever seen and i don't know how it ever killed like the centipede character um so yeah like i just thought it was like you're just so deluded after this girl and it just makes him like it, it, it's almost painful to watch so in a way maybe it makes you feel something that's good but he's just so deluded after this girl like he's writing her fake notes and just the obsession it's a bit creepy uh, maybe but maybe that's kind of the circumstances of if you're by yourself and you're in a camp where everyone has a partner but yeah um yeah, i think that was that was because it, it's the film like it follows him for the whole thing so it like it, it is a lot of him and if you don't like the character it's kind of set up to fill from there and um another thing that i felt i wasn't great um was the fact they included a dog i think they kind of included a dog maybe just for the sake of it like people like dogs so why not but um i think they could have improved there if they added in another person and especially something to kind of like play off him because he was like a total fish out of water in this and had someone that um was like a warrior and that could help him along and he does meet two people in in the show that do help him a lot and i thought they were a great inclusion and when they do like they kind of pick up a bit from when they are there because they do teach him wee skills and that but um the way he gets on with the dog like he just talks to it as a person and like the dog the dog doesn't talk back or anything but it just really felt they could use a person there and um yeah, another and just another weird thing that happened is like this AI robot thing called like Mavis, and like it's only mentioned once or twice at the start, but then we meet another one like an actual robot that's actually working and only has like I think like thirty percent of his battery left. It's going down like or thirty minutes, but it's it's going to die pretty soon. But like he starts talking to it and it gives him all information and everything, and like he's amazed with it. But then at the end of the show, like he tells all his friends about it, and they're all amazed at this technology. It's like. It's just a bit weird because there's no attention really brought towards it. And then the fact that they have this whole amazement with it, like, it just feels very contrived, I'd say, call it. But it was just a whole lot of bit weird. Um, now, I think that's kind of enough of me thrashing it. Um, I think some of the positives of it, it was, I think the, I think the concept of the whole world that had mutated with, like, insects going after have to, like, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think it would be pretty, if they kind of explored that world more, I think maybe if they focused on the girl Amy, who um, Joel liked in it, like her story, how she survived it, and then how she kind of moved on from him and actually like like meet other people and like how her role and her like um we tribe came to be. I thought that could be something maybe more cool, but um you never really know what these. This could just be like a one shot thing, and that could be it. Uh, I was wondering actually, is it part of a book? Because I thought it kind of flowed a little bit like a book. It like jumped a bit a lot trying to cover everything. Um, visually I thought the effects were really good I thought like kind of the whole monsters and stuff looked really good very grotesque um, but um, overall I thought they were class for a uh, um, like a Netflix film uh, like I don't know what the budget was for but like I thought they, they really they really spent it well on the um, monsters and they, they looked really well I suppose it would look to be terrible if they did in the title and they did look terrible so yeah um, another wee surprise cameo that I was not expecting I was like Heath um, Braxton from Home and Away was in this and, like he plays the villain in it he's in it very brief but honestly it, he did his inclusion did make me wake up a bit so if anything that's that's something to enjoy just kind of the novelty of seeing him on screen again so 
Yeah, that was nice. Um, uh, now to, conc- to conclude, I know, I know, I know it's that in real. Who says that in real life? But um, my verdict on this would be, uh, I'd have to give it a worst movie ever. Um, don't watch this if you do want to be entertained. It is something to throw on in the background. But um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't advise anyone to watch this film. It's not great. Okay, uh, moving on to the second thing hoping to talk about today is um, Drive to Survive. And uh, Drive to Survive is basically like a documentary series following eight, a season of Formula One. And so like there's three seasons of it out now. Uh, I've currently watched all three in the past few weeks. I couldn't get enough of it, to be honest. I thought, I thought it comes out really, I'd like the format really good, the way like it's only like a brisk 40 minutes even less, kind of depending on the topic, and it kind of follows each team along, which is very cool. Um, I thought one of the teams was my favourite, not, like, one of the best teams, but Haas. Just, like, they're, like, they're so entertaining, and kind of, like, the whole struggles they have, and kind of the drivers. Now, they're not the best, like, Grosjean, like, I think that man is rec- is very reckless. He's a danger to himself and other people out on the track, and kind of with the whole crash in him, that was... That was unbelievable. I, I knew I knew he did survive it, but like just watching the whole thing, it was it was crazy. Um, I think Gunther, they're like kind of man in charge of the two of them. Like I feel so sorry for him because he's not really looking after like kids, but like just the pressure on that role, it is unbelievable. And like in in the show, they really get that across. How like you have so many different factors coming into play. Like just not the actual race itself, but like like the pressure that goes into like the qualifying and then like. The, like the pit team and like the then your boss on top of that who's funding everything like it's unbelievable it's not a job I would want um and then like you kind of meet other people as well um from like Christian Horner from Red Bull he's actually married to one of the um, Spice Girls I believe but um I, when I first met him like I did not like them like I thought he came across as very two-faced but um I think as you kind of get through the series you kind of learn to like that's kind of how you have to be like you can be nice to people but behind your back you got to be brutally honest and if people aren't cutting it you got to let them go but um I think Red Bull Red Bull were like kind of come across as a very kind of cool team I thought the gear they have was amazing and I'm I'll, I'll get to that later on but um another team Ferrari um in my opinion I thought they were a bit full of themselves like they never really did anything fantastic like they're always there but never really had an impact on like kind of the standings and stuff and to be honest like their whole like red thing they got going on I felt it was a bit overwhelming and a bit too much but I suppose you can't really complain like Ferrari red it just goes together um and Mercedes Benz on the other hand um I absolutely love just like the man in charge like his name it's like it is it is so good I can't believe it like imagine name your child but like his name is like first name is Toto and second name is Wolf like there's such a contrast in in like like total like power shift like Toto it like sounds like some so muscular and Wolf, but um he's great uh, I think he, he's like kind of sense of humor him and Christian Horner kind of a great relationship you see them play off one another and the competitiveness as well is, is always there, um I kind of felt sorry for their driver Valtteri Bottas, um like he's always he's second fiddler to um Lewis Hamilton all the time he's obviously winning most of the races because, like, really good driver and Mercedes-Benz have usually an amazing car. Um, but, yeah, like, I think, in a way, he's a little bit deluded that he he is, like, kind of, he doesn't see himself as the second, second driver because he clearly is. Maybe he's just saying that for the cameras because he has to need to tell himself to try and convince himself, but uh, poor man, I would not want to be in his position. 
Um, another kind of another drivers. I really like Daniel Ricardo, like the Australian. I think he comes across as like a really just kind of a nice guy. Obviously, super competitive and stuff, but um, he just is smiling all the time, and I love how that's kind of identified with him because in like one of his team photos, they have like have the face masks on because they shot this during COVID, and like they have his smile on it as well. So yeah, he just looks like a very cool, very cool guy. Um, one person I did feel that got him. Shaft, shafted a little bit but I think it's kind of worked out for him in the end is um, Pierre Gasly and he did originally um have like a run with Red Bull the top tier the top tier team but like he just wasn't he just wasn't performing and like his confidence I felt was a, was really a hurt a lot through that and um so then decided to do with Red Bull luckily they have like a secondary team like called uh well see they change the names all the time here so that's a little bit confusing but um Alpha Toro, I think Toro, I think is the name of it. But like he's since then gone back down to that team, and he's like performing really well there at the moment, which is great to see. Um, I don't know now will he move him up or not, but he's getting on really great there. But it's kind of annoying for him. For like you work all this time to get up to the top of your team, you get there, you don't perform. But he's in a way he's been given a second lifetime, so I think he should be grateful. Um, and uh, through um this documentary, it's like one of the things I was blown away by is the sheer amount of media attention that the drivers receive, like from the day, like the day the, the day you're like you're on track, a camera is shoved in your face everywhere you turn, like you're receiving interviews and stuff. It's unbelievable, and like on top of that, now Netflix is now following you around with the camera, so that is absolutely great, and I'm sure they love that. But um. I'm guessing they need the money, like, because if you just see, like, the amount of wealth you need for this sport, it is insane. Um, another thing I really liked about this pro- uh, about this, uh, documentary is that, you like, the politics of play here is insane. Just the importance, importance of money, like, the difference in, like, some teams, like, they can only maybe have, like, so many cars a year. Like, so if you crash, like, that is a serious, serious, like, put a money out of their pocket because, like, they obviously have to make new parts again. But other people, not so much. And, like, you kind of have all these races going on in, like, different positions. Like, you think everyone's trying to go for one, two, or three. But actually just simply getting to maybe that fourth or fifth, like, kind of that mid-tier is almost probably the most exciting. Because, like, Hamilton, you'll have Hamilton, like, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull all kind of fighting for, like, the top six. But in between there, like, you have, like, the McLarens and, like, the racing point. And, like, it's really it's really exciting there. Um... But um, yeah, it just really opened my eyes to like how brutal and cutthroat F1 is. And like kind of even like your teammates, someone that like you think you should be working with, they're actually your closest competitor because you you have the exact same big car, car. So like if they're performing better than you, it shows that they're the better driver. So even someone that is on the same side as you is like someone that you are exactly critiqued against, which I can imagine is, isn't the nicest. But I think it's, I think it's really nice when it works out. Uh, well, like you had that with uh, Nor- Norris and um, oh, I can't think of your, ma- your man's name off the top of my head. He recently just moved there from, from McLaren. I think he went to Ferrari. Uh, please don't at me if I got, I got that wrong. But um, he, they had a kind of a great relationship for a bit, which was hadn't really been seen for a while. But that was really nice to see. So, um, yeah, uh, the verdict. I got to give this the best series ever. Um, I used to watch F1 when it wasn't on Sky like as a kid. And it just totally brought back the passion I had for the show. Um, I've actually since bought myself a Red Bull uh, zippy jacket, and I absolutely love it. So it wasn't too much as well. So yeah, um, that's kind of the that's my verdicts for the reviews of the shows for the week. So as always, um, recommendation of the week, staying with kind of the racing racing theme. Um, 
I'm going to recommend a biopic. It's called uh, it's called Rush. Um, it's kind of based off like a really intense rivalry between Nicky Lauda and um James Hunt and F one back in nineteen seventy six. Um, if you have watched uh, Drive to Five, you will see like the bit about Nicky Lauda and like what a big like impression he has left on F one. So um, this film it all centers around the early struggles that these two had getting into the sport, as well as kind of the rival, the real like the their rivalry had when they're like how incredible it was, and so yeah, um, if you're into F one, please definitely give it a watch. And I'd say even just generally as a film, it's great. Like you have a Chris Hemsworth in there, um, apologies, but I can't. You're right, that plays Zemo in the the in like Civil War and also in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm actually that. Uh, that is next week's episode. Planning off um the finale is out this Friday, so look forward to that. Um, other way announcements I have. Um, I did a poll there during the week. Um, so I was actually I was watching back on a an old um a high school a secondary school performance of all shoot all scope which I did, and I just I I myself I found myself enjoying it a lot, and I was like I wonder if anyone wants to hear what I have to say about this. So um. I threw up the poll and lucky enough people said yeah they would love to hear about it which is great. So uh, sometime in the near, near future I will try to have a have a episode on it there. I might try and get another cast member on sometime. I think I'll be quite more it'll be a lot a lot more to offer. Uh, now when that will be due to COVID, who knows? But yeah, that's something to look forward to. But in the near future I am having an interview with them Revive Apparel and what they are as a sustainable clothing brand that um, help with fighting against the extinction of, of rhinos by donating 10% of their profits. I myself have got a hoodie from there and it is hands down one of the comfiest things I own. So um, that'll be coming forward in the coming weeks. I have other interviews and stuff, but I'll leave that as a bit of mystery for you to go. So uh, yeah, guys, uh, that is it uh, for this week. I hope you're all keeping safe. Um, if you would like to get in contact with the podcast, you can do that at Barry Abbreviated at Instagram or barryabravid at gmail.com um, I'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions please hit me up uh, also thank uh, Rob O'Sullivan for always hitting these up uh, you can find all his um, like links and stuff in the description so yeah uh, guys um, thank you very much for listening uh, please stay safe out there and until next time have a good one